Well, welcome back to week seven of our Bible study on prayer as we look at Paul this week. And it's hard to believe we only have one week left of this study. It has really gone by fast. But I hope you have enjoyed it. I hope that the Lord is drawing you closer to him through prayer as we've been looking at these examples of prayer throughout Scripture. But do you ever find yourself just not knowing how to pray? especially maybe in a hard situation and you're just saying, God, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray about this. Well, I have. And that's one of the reasons that I love studying these examples of prayer throughout the Bible, especially Paul in the New Testament. Paul gives us a great example of how to pray, especially in, in hard times uh, as he watched his disciples in these churches go through persecution. He knew how to pray for them, and he gives us a great example. Uh, today, this week, we looked at uh, the letter of Second Thessalonians, and before we begin, I just want to give you a, a brief background of this letter and what's going on. Uh, the Thessalonian church was a model church at that time. They, Paul had, had led them to the Lord, and he had discipled them, and they were being an example to other churches. They were doing great. And he wrote that first letter to them, 1 Thessalonians, to encourage them and to spur them on. And he also was talking to them and gave them some instructions about the Christian life and about the return of Christ when Jesus would come back again after the tribulation. But then after that letter, there was a period of time, he, uh, there were some issues going on in the church that he had heard about. Uh, they were suffering for their faith. They were being persecuted for their faith. And also, they were, um, there had been some false teaching at that time, teaching that, uh, that was not correct about when Jesus would come back. There were people who thought that, um, that were teaching that they were in the period of tribulation, that seven years of tribulation. That's why they were being persecuted. There, that persecution and affliction was during those seven years, and so the Lord was coming back, and as a result, there were people in that church who had stopped working, thinking, well, Jesus is coming back. Why work? Let's just wait for his return. So Paul wrote this letter to, for several reasons. One, to encourage them in their persecution, but second, to correct some of the false beliefs that they had been taught. And so that's where we pick up this letter and what is going on. And I, I, what I want to do today is just look at six things that we can pray for as we look at this example of Paul, six things we can pray for that uh, would strengthen us in times of hardship, that would strengthen us. And when we don't know how to pray, these six things are things that would be good to continually bring before the Lord. So let's look at what Paul, uh, the example that Paul gave us. Uh, the first thing he prayed for, and it wasn't really something he prayed for, but it was an attitude he prayed with, First thing is that we need to pray with thanksgiving. Um, he gave thanks for them. And in this letter, he begins in chapter 1, verse 3, when he says, We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as is only fitting, because your faith is greatly enlarged, and the love of each one of you toward one another grows ever greater. Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God, for your perseverance and faith in the midst of your persecutions and afflictions. You know, he begins by just praying and, and for them with thanksgiving. He 
focused on the positives first. And I think we would do well to begin our times of prayer with thanksgiving and focusing on the positive because when I'm praying with thanksgiving with a thankful heart, it takes my eyes off the circumstances and, and onto him. And as you see in verse 3, he's thanking God for two positive things about their lives. One is that their love, their faith in God is greatly enlarged. Their faith is growing. But also their love for one another is growing. And so they're doing great. They are moving along. God is, is, is working in them. And I think that's a great example for how we should begin by praying with thanksgiving. Focus on something positive. Even though they were suffering, there were still things to give thanks for. You know, I remember when we first uh, entered the shelter or safer at home directive from our mayor here in Memphis during the coronavirus uh, when it first started, and we couldn't meet together as a church. We weren't here on Sundays. Cole preached to an empty sanctuary. Uh, but we live-streamed it, and we were able to listen. We weren't able to go to work. Most of us worked from our homes during that time. And I remember Cole uh, gave us three questions to ponder during that time. Uh, and the first question is the one that really has stayed with me, and he asked us to think about the question, what is one unexpected benefit that you have experienced or are experiencing during this difficult time? And I think that's something that we need to carry forward with us, that even though things may get hard and even though things may be um, just overwhelming, we just always need to come back to that question of what is an unexpected positive, what an unexpected benefit from this time? I, for me, I remember during that shelter at home, it gave me time to slow down and to write this Bible study on prayer, an unexpected blessing. So let's, let's just be faithful to begin our prayers by praying with thanksgiving. Always try to find one positive thing we can focus on. That was one of the things that my mom left uh, as a legacy in my life. My mom could always find something positive to say, no matter how bad things got. And that's what I want to do, and I want to pray with thanksgiving like Paul did. Well, second thing he prayed for is he prayed for faithfulness. Um, chapter 1, verses 11 to 12. And a year ago, um, a friend sent me this prayer from this Second Thessalonians. And I remember then I started looking at this book and thinking there's so many prayers in this book. If I ever write another Bible study on prayer, I'm going to include Second Thessalonians. And so this prayer was the beginning of that. But Paul is praying that they would be faithful. Listen to what he, he prays in verses 11 and 12. He says, to this end also. And he, he's talking about when he says to this end, he has talked about in the middle of chapter 1 about how, yes, you are going through persecution. Yes, there are people that are persecuting you for your faith. But just know that one day Jesus is going to come back and he's going to judge those who have judged you. And so he's going to make everything right. Just cling to that. And that's what he's told them through uh, the middle of chapter 1. He even talks about hell in verse 9 when he says, These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. 
That verse, the first time somebody pointed that out to me in seminary, I thought, wow, that is a very vivid description of what hell will be like. But he has told them that, hey, Jesus is going to return. He is going to judge those who are judging you and making your life hard right now. And so that's how he moves into his prayer in verse 11. To this end, we pray for you always, again, he says always, that our God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Uh, it's, it's, he's praying that they would be faithful no matter how hard the persecution is, how hard the affliction is. No matter how dark it seems in the middle of this hard time, he's praying, I pray that you will, that God will count you worthy of your calling. He's basically saying that I'm praying that you will walk in a manner that is reflective of Christ in you. That you will be worthy of, of, that, of the calling to be his child. That you will reflect that you're his child by the way you live, by the way that you speak. What a great prayer to pray for somebody, that you would be faithful to exhibit Christ in your life and that people would know you're, you're called by him as his child, that I would live my life in such a way that I would fulfill his calling on my life, but I'd fulfill those desires for good deeds. Are we living our lives? Are, are we reflecting Christ in us? by what we say and by what we do? Are we living in a manner worthy of his calling on us? Or are we embarrassing him and bringing shame to his name? I remember uh, when I, and I've shared this with some of you, I remember when I was at LSU, I strayed away from the Lord my first uh, two and a half years in college. And my sophomore year, I was talking to my roommate and I don't even know how, what we were talking about, but somehow uh, we were talking about something that made me make the statement to her, and I said, well, you know, I'm a Christian. And Anne looked at me, and she said, you are not a Christian. And I went, I am. I really am. I, I, I promise, I'm a Christian. And she said, you are not a Christian. And it really made me start thinking about, God, what have I done with my life in college? How am I living my life so that the person that lives with me doesn't even know that you live in me? I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that way. And so this is a great way to pray for ourselves and for others, that we would be faithful in our Christian walk to follow him and to bring glory to his name, which is what Paul was praying, so that the name of Jesus will be glorified in you. That's my prayer for you, and that's my prayer for me. A third thing he prayed for was comfort and strength in uh, chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. And before I, I really get to that, I, you'll notice in verse 13 that he also gave thanks again, going back to that first thing he prayed for. In verse 13, he prayed that he gave thanks, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification. He was just thanking God. He kept thanking God throughout this letter. You know, I'm thanking God for your salvation, that God called you to be his child. And in chapter 2, before we get to this prayer at the end of chapter 2, 
uh, for comfort and strength, he has spent time in chapter 2 talking about the end times and trying to correct that false teaching uh, and specifically talking about things that have to happen uh, during the tribulation, uh, the Antichrist, the man of lawlessness, which we refer to as the Antichrist. So he's dealing with all that. And I know that some of you want me to spend more time on that, uh, but my focus in studying this letter this time is really to focus on the prayers of Paul, not on the end times. That's for another time. We'll go into more detail. But he's, he's just encouraging them and saying, even though times are hard now, this is not the tribulation. You're not there because things have to happen that haven't happened yet. And then he tells them at the end, this is the third thing he prays for them at the end of chapter 2. He prays for comfort and strength for them. Uh, in, in verse 16 he says, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace. May he comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work indeed. That's a great thing to pray for others and for ourselves. God, would you comfort them? Would you strengthen them in, in what they're going through? God, would you strengthen me? You know, um, it seems like recently I've had more friends that have lost a parent. Um, some in the, over the last month, I've got a, a dear friend right now in Canada who is sitting by her mother's bedside waiting for her mom to take that last breath. And I, I've said, Lord, how do I pray for them during this time? Pray for strength and comfort to get through this. What a great way to pray for others, especially in these difficult times, praying for God's comfort and strength. And then a fourth thing that he prays is he prays for protection from the evil one. And we see this in chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. And he begins actually by giving them a prayer request of how they can pray for he and uh, Timothy and Sylvanus. And he says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified, just as it did with you, and that we will be rescued from perverse and evil men. So he's first sharing and saying, I need you to pray for us that we can get God's word out and that you that God would protect us from evil and perverse men who would want to hinder our getting the word of God out, that would want to impact our walk with God. Paul knew the seriousness of the spiritual battle. And then he goes on in verse 3, and he begins to refer to them. He says, but the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one." And so he's reassuring them as he's praying and asking them to pray and basically saying we need to pray for each other that God would protect us from the evil one. Uh, some translations just say protect you from evil. And whichever way you translate it, evil comes from the evil one. Satan is behind all the evil that happens. And so we need, when we're in a hard time, that's when... The evil one, our enemy, really wants us to doubt God and to lose hope. And we need protection from those darts and those missiles, those flaming missiles that Paul talks about in Ephesians 6. 
We need to pray for one another, especially in these hard times. When people, we, we looked at this with Hezekiah, how the enemy wants to put doubts in our mind and make us question God's love for us and what he's doing. And even as we're in the middle of uncertain days and we're not sure what's around the corner, that we would not let the enemy get the best of us. And we need to pray for one another for protection from the evil one. And then the fifth thing that he prays for is for spiritual growth. In chapter 3, verse 5, he says, May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. He's saying, I am praying for you that God will direct you more deeper and deeper into his love, that you will come to experience and embrace the love of God more every day day that you would begin to understand how much he loves you because that's one of the areas that the enemy attacks us in is making us question that God loves us when things are going hard and so he's praying for their spiritual growth in the area of understanding God's love for them and the steadfastness of Christ that they would get to know Christ better and understand his steadfastness when he died for us on the cross and went through what he went through for us but that we would be steadfast for him in our faith, that we would not lose heart and walk away. So he's praying for their spiritual growth, that they would fall more and more in love with God, and they'd understand God's love. You know, when people ask me um, how they can pray for me, one of the things that I often say is pray that I would fall more in love with Jesus every day. Because that's my desire. I want to know more of him and I want to love him more as I get to know more of him. This is a great way to pray for one another as we are looking for strength in difficult times. And then the sixth thing, the sixth way that he prays, or the sixth thing he prays for is for peace. And we see that in verse 16 of chapter 3. And he closes this letter with this prayer. He says, Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. May the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. Wow. I don't know about you, but I would love some peace um, right now. I know uh, over the last few months as we've watched things happen in our country that have been a little bit disturbing that um, there have been times that I have not felt at peace. There are times that I've thought, God, are you in control? And I know he is. But there are times that I just work through these emotions and these thoughts. And, and what a great thing to pray for one another, that God would give you peace no matter what is going on around us. No matter what happens with upcoming elections in the future, um, what, you know, whatever happens, God, grant us peace because that peace comes from him. So we've looked at six things that Paul prayed for the Thessalonian church and six things that we would be wise to pray for ourselves and for one another, especially as we're, we're needing strength in difficult times. Pray with thanksgiving. Just find things to give thanks for in that situation or or about that person. Pray for faithfulness, that, that 
we would be faithful and worthy of his calling, that we would glorify him. Pray for comfort and strength, no matter how hard things get. Pray that for one another. Fourth, pray for protection from the evil one. Because the evil one is very much at work, trying to discourage us, take us down, get our eyes off the Lord. Oh, we need to pray for that protection from the evil one. Fifth, pray for spiritual growth. That we would come to know God more in a deeper way as we go through hard times. And that we would, would be, become more and more steadfast in our own walk. And then six, pray for peace. Peace in our hearts. God, you've got this. And how many t- I, I've said those words so many times. God, you've got this. No matter how bad things look, I know you've got it. And give that peace. I'd encourage you to pray these six things every day for yourself, for others, for a loved one. And, and really, I'm going to ask you to, to think about is there, who is somebody today that you need to pray these six things for? Will you take time today and pray these for that person or, or persons? I want to close just with... Um, Paul's words from another letter that he wrote, Philippians 4, uh, that just really kind of ties in prayer to all these things. When, when he is encouraging the Philippians, in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is the key to finding that peace that we so desperately need in these difficult times. Don't be anxious, but take it to him in prayer. And that's my my encouragement, that we would do that today in these difficult and challenging times that we live in. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for these letters of Paul and his prayers that we can learn from and that we can begin to apply, Lord, to our lives and and pray for others. And I pray that, Father, we would just be prayer warriors during these times, that we would take dedicated time each day alone out of our schedules to just come to you and pray and lift up others, and to pray these six things. And Father, thank you that you do hear our prayers, and thank you that you are the one who is the God of all peace, who gives us peace when we don't understand. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I look forward to our last week together next week. See you then, giving you a virtual hug.